0: And like I was in speaking with a secondary school here, a girls school last week, and I was talking to them about, you know, this and like, you know, the comparisons guys, it's so, so negative. So I just told these girls, I was like, you know what, if you're going to compare yourself to anybody else, compare yourself to your past self and to see, just to see how far you've come. And if you want to compare yourself to somebody else, compare yourself to the best version of yourself that you could possibly be. And that's going to ma- motivate you. It's going to get you up in the morning to work harder.
1: Hello and welcome to episode number twenty-seven of For fit sake, the podcast brought to you by FS Gyms. This week, myself and Rods are joined by Daniel Toomey. Daniel, how are you doing? How's it going? All good. How are you? Good, fantastic, Daniel. Uh, Daniel is a well-being coach and recently turned public speaker. Daniel, I'm I kind guess, of you 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 were bigging yourself up. A bit <laughs> ago. Um, Somebody asked that. You're also a personal trainer yeah. in, in Trinity College, uh-huh. a PhD researcher, and your uh, research area is is physical activity and positive mental health. Fantastic. And you're also running your own business called DTW,
0: Depression to Wellbeing. Yeah, so my business is DTW and it's uh, personal training for the mind and the body. So personal training as would be without any other PT or with any other client. But what I do is uh, encourage talk therapy and like just having chats through stuff. And, you know, a lot of guys I feel are comfortable coming to a personal trainer and girls else, uh, also. But it's just a safe space to talk through, t- through things as well. So it works.
1: Fantastic, um, and obviously then your this all stemmed from your own experience with mental health, and particularly a time in your life when you when you went through a poor patch of mental health. Do you yeah. want to give a bit of background on on why you're the right man to speak to speak about this today?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So like my research, I suppose, um, gives me that authenticity that I am doing a PhD in Trinity College Dublin. Um, in this area, but it's my experience uh, that is m- makes me passionate about it. So, like 10 years ago, 2008, I was suicidal. Like I, I was so so depressed when I was in University of Limerick. and um, so went through just a shit storm, I guess. So, uh, but yeah, 10 years later, strong and you know wanting to help others. Now they might be there. So, uh, I have a lot of empathy to- towards people that might be struggling, especially young people. And now that I'm over the other side, it's just like yeah, it's my calling. I want to help okay before we get into sort of what you
1: what you're obviously researching and what you found through your experience and how physical activity can have a positive benefit on improving mental health w- with your own story uh i know just from seeing a lot of your kind of videos and stuff on youtube are extensive research that we always do before <laughs> i guess come but um it's I, called stalking yeah that's pretty much what it is but i saw a couple of really interesting things that you talked about and one thing that you were saying to get out of that kind of really dark place that you were in uh you got the help that you needed professionally but also you had kind of a support system around you that you you knew your family and friends could speak to you and you were confident to go and speaking to them what would you think obviously when people are in that situation did you feel like did you know that those people were there that you could go and open up to did you always
0: have that comfort that you could go speak to them I think I did yeah if I'm honest Um, I never felt that it was um uncomfortable or that those channels of communication weren 't open now still an uncomfortable chat to have an uncomfortable like topic of conversation that, like it was they were difficult chats, but I always knew that those people were there, and it was you know I always felt comfortable talking to the good people around me, but i'm just fortunate that I had good people around me because you know it would just not have been possible to deal with all that just by myself it just wouldn't have been so having those good people around me just it, it just it, it, it saved me and it, it, it created a mandate to see in front of you now. So now I want to give it back now, but in multiples. So the way my friends and family helped me, I want to help everyone. It's very noble.
1: And with that then, do you, what about people who are in that situation like you that
0: don't feel like there is anyone to turn to? What, what advice would you give those people? There are always people, whether they're directly in your life, um, you know, in your, your family or friends group, it, 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 like they would support you everybody is loved there's always people to speak with but even if you're not comfortable speaking with the people that are directly in your life there are services there are people out there that you can find through you know Pieta House are brilliant Samaritans are brilliant your GP will inform there's always somebody to speak to you're never on your own and you are loved and it's just a matter of you know trying to not do it by yourself because it's impossible and you know asking for help shows strength it's 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 not it's not an indication of weakness it's actually portraying strength so put your hands up know that you can't do it by yourself and just find who can help and there's always someone
2: in terms of your own journey when you were really struggling was it a case where people around you someone prompted you and said do you know are you okay or was it a case where you were able to hide it um cuz I know from people, and I even know, I know from myself. Like for, for a while, I would have suffered with a little bit of anxiety, and then around that, I was able to keep it from people for so for so long because I was really good at hiding it. Like, was it a case where someone said to you, or was it a case where um, you just said, oh, "Okay, I've got to speak to someone about this now"?
0: Yeah, I think it was. Um i would have been in university it was my third year in university in limerick and because i'm from cork i was sharing an apartment with two others now my two housemates, um kieran and kev they're like they're brothers to me now but they you couldn't hide it you know i was in that space where i was living with these boys and they weren't just you know randomers living with these were relationships i'd built up over the first few years so they knew me inside out and kevin especially just realized that i wasn't the same guy and i was really struggling and you know it A combination of lots of things, potentially, but it was one kind of dramatic, traumatic experience that threw me into that state of mind. And, you know, those boys rode in around me. Um, I was just aware because I wouldn't would be a very high achiever. And I was always, you know, a, a putting a lot of expectation on myself to succeed. And you know, academically, especially, I would put in a lot of work. And coming up to my exams, I was like, well, you know what? I can't do these exam- I can't concentrate on anything here. I'm not going to be able to pass this term. So it was just a matter of hands up. Lads, I need some help here.
1: Complete mindset shift for you. And did you find then, obviously, with the guys you were living with that you had that relationship with, what advice would you give to somebody... If, if you were what, like Kevin or Kieran sitting there looking at so you're one of your friends going through something, it's obviously, it's difficult to come forward and say, look, lads, I'm struggling with something. But what about, it's also very difficult for me to say, look, Ruds, I, I think you're struggling. A lot of people are yeah. afraid to approach their friends and say, look, you seem a
0: bit off. That They don't really want to. And they shouldn't either. You know, it, it, it's not something that like you can't force that conversation and you shouldn't. Because a lot of people mightn't be ready to have that conversation. You just sit with them. And just be there for them, and just know that they're not alone, and know that if they wanted to talk about something, like you know, Rudd is there, you're there. You know, there's, it's an automatic, easy, you know, person to go to if they wanted to talk about what they're going through. But you don't force the conversation. I, I wouldn't encourage that. Um, but just building relationships, and a lot of times it doesn't matter of just sitting down next to them and just saying, you know, just offering them the opportunity to express their feeling.
2: I think. Like for me personally, I think um, that thing of like for all of us, the I think you were better off saying it than not saying it. In terms of like you said, like offering that opportunity, are you okay? And then like you said, it not forcing it because I know for myself, like when I was bottling uh, bottling up uh, the feelings I was having, if someone would have pushed me a bit more on it, that might have helped. Where, you know, and even for myself now, I try and not push, but I try and anytime I see someone, any of us down, I'll just say, How's things going? You're right. You see me yeah. bit off. That one thing, because. I think just even saying it because you'd hate for someone to like six months down the line and know that you you thought that and you could have you could have at least offered to help or said something
0: absolutely Um, and like i i want to make my last point a bit clearer I, i think that was on me like if there's somebody that you feel as though might be just struggling day to day and you know you want to help yes absolutely be proactive in engaging in that conversation but if you think that You know, somebody might be suffering at a at at a much deeper level, and they mightn't be comfortable. And you know the individual, and they mightn't be able to express to you, you know what? Yeah, I am. I I'm feeling really, 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 really down. And you know, they mightn't have been ready for that conversation. The biggest thing for me is, uh, you know, to show solidarity and support to everybody around you. So, like for me, my priority is my friends, my family. But for everybody in society, just to know that they're not alone. And I think organically, individuals. Will say to the people that they're most comfortable with how they are feeling, but giving them the opportunity to do so. And you are right, Ruds. Like if you have um, a, any indication that your friend or your family or a housemate might be struggling, there is no harm in just touching base with them in a subtle way. You know, with a yeah. bit, of, with a with a bit of diplomacy and subtlety, just saying, you know, what's up, without any trying to force anything too heavy. No, that's what I mean.
2: And at least they know as well, because like sometimes, say for instance. In that situation with myself, when I was suffering with anxiety, someone say that to me. I might not be willing to say that at the time, Mm. but at least I know that 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 channel of communication is open. So then that's what happened for me. I went back and spoke to the person about that because they'd kind of opened the door for me. And then I need a little bit of time to reflect. But that was the opportunity for me to come forward about the way I was feeling.
0: And that is great. you know. And a lot of those people might have been... I found this year okay so prior to the Dublin Marathon last year I ran it and I posted a Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram video of me just expressing what I went through in 2008 like without hiding any of it just warts and all and I sent it to the world very, and It's a very good video if anyone hasn't seen it oh, well, Thank you I didn't know you saw it but yeah like within weeks within months I've been seen by people all over the world and I'm getting contacted from people all over the world and What was wonderful about it was me showing my vulnerability and showing uh, or expressing how I felt at that time allowed others to do it. Just like people that I didn't even know that well or people that I did know and never knew they were experiencing it or had experienced it or people that were really close to me know they're comfortable talking to me about it. And subconsciously you would allow the next person to have the same conversation and And then that will inspire another person and then the world's a better place.
2: And that's helping to remove some of the stigma behind these things because... Like you said, that that makes it easier for other people to come forward and talk about what their experience and the conversations can be had.
0: Absolutely. The stigma around mental health is the most ridiculous thing that I'm conscious of, aware of. Like, nobody is immune from mental health issues. Like, everybody struggles at some point at different levels, granted, and, like, you know, across a spectrum of different psychological issues, whether it's anxiety crossing the street or public speaking, that's a mental health issue, but it's it's a small one. And... But having any stigma regarding that is just so ridiculous and also so dangerous because if people can talk, they will get support, they will get help and they will survive. And if they can't, they might not. And I think the biggest thing is
1: it's exactly, you both said such good things there, Rhodes. You talked about like opening the door. You mentioned, Daniel, that it was kind of an acute thing for you. So it might've been quite easy for your friends to see when you had, you know, an episode that sort of put you into a downward spiral of poor mental health. It's probably very obvious to your friends mm. very quickly. So I think from, from my experience, people who you see are off all of a sudden mm. or, you know, it, it's very noticeable. They're the people that if you ask, how are you doing? They're most likely to say, Not great x happened or mm. like, you know this 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 event happened it's the people who probably suffer with it for a longer period of time that they're the people like Rhodes is talking about if you open the door they might come back to you eventually but definitely but the power of just that one thing how are you getting on it doesn't have to be let's sit down and talk yeah it can, yeah. It can be in the office when we're sitting next to each other Rudz and see if I'm running around looking stressed for everything Like you know you look a bit stressed everything all right I just know I can go back to him the next day. Like, and I might be defensive straight away and go, yeah, all's fine, what are you, yeah, what are you yeah, talking yeah. about? And that would be, yeah. But I'm sitting in my head going, oh, that was probably a chance to speak Yeah. To. I, I know now I can just get something off my chest. And I just think that that's one of the biggest things at a low level like we're talking about, yeah. which is the day-to-day level that people need to communicate more. I think just opening that door for people is so important. Absolutely. Um, sorry, was...
2: In terms of, obviously, the research you're doing, um, like... I see, I do a talk and I talk about the idea of four pillars of better health in terms of your mindset, your physical activity, your nutrition and your recovery. So like all four of those things, like wheels in a car, they're the things that you need in order to uh, be your best self and what I'd find with a lot of people, and even myself, when I'm missing, maybe I'm not getting enough recovery in my life, or maybe I'm not doing as much physical activity as I did before, then that can affect my mindset. In terms of the research you're doing, are you seeing that in terms of linking physical activity and some of those other factors to people's mental health?
0: Absolutely, like I am a strong believer in exercise and physical activity uh, for the betterment of mental health. For me, it's the best antidepressant. Natural otherwise. Exercise, physical activity, best natural antidepressant. Nobody's ever felt worse after a workout unless they broke their arm or leg, <laughs> like, whatever, whatever. But generally speaking, nobody feels worse. Um, and you know, the feel good factor of exercise, like when we're exercising, endorphins are kicking through our body. So that's a chemical reaction to our exercise. We can't stop that if we wanted to. That's a chemical reaction within ourselves. So we feel good from exercise we get it from also from chocolate and from hugs and from being in love but we get it from exercise and we will just invariably feel good but also being if we exercise with friends everybody likes socializing we're sociable beings if you're in the outdoors you might be distracted by beautiful sights and you're in the now so that's a big thing exercise allows you to be distracted from your worries you're not worried about the future which causes anxiety you're not regretting the past which leads to depression if you're when you're working out you're in that moment and all those things Like, will result in you being a happier individual, but also stronger because, like, physically you'll get stronger, you'll have a greater sense of self efficacy from performance, self esteem, confidence, all those things. So, exercising habitually, I exercise every single day. I walked here from Glasnevin, I presume that counts, but like I, I exercise every single day. And um, you know, for me now it's just maintenance, um, but like, and I have always been a sports guy, I'm a PE teacher, I'm a personal trainer, I'm a coach, but uh, for me it's just crucial to my happiness, for my health, for my success, and for me to be the, the best version of myself that I can be, I need to exercise, yeah.
2: In terms of myself, I definitely find that, obviously you always feel better after doing a session, but for me one of the main benefits is It's like moving meditation, especially doing something for conditioning-wise. That's when I really get into the now. Mm. Because when I'm doing something that's really hard, Mm. then I can't think about what's gone before or what's gone after. I still do it a little bit when I'm doing a weight session this time between sets but yesterday for instance did a conditioning session it was really challenging and in that last two three minutes of that session I'm not thinking about anything else other than trying to get through that and trying to talk to myself in a positive manner and really get the best out of myself and then when I finish that that kind of gives me a break during the day so whatever went on in the morning that helps me to clear my head to go and go after my tasks in the afternoon that's kind of one of the big things and there's members here that we talk about where they love doing uh, conditioning workouts and we try and get them over to more strength-based workouts but a huge part <laughs> a, a huge part of the reason why they're here in the gym is they go i just love the fact that when i train i'm not thinking about anything else and it sets me up for the day so for myself as a coach sometimes we've got to go okay the textbook says this person should be doing two strength two conditioning a week but this person is getting a hell of a lot out of this maybe i won't push him towards two can you just do one strength session and then carry on doing your three because a big part of the reason why they're here is that mental health benefit of that clears their head
0: it's great it's great and like if you do it especially so I, I talk a lot to my clients about this Well, so working out in the morning like if you get that session in early doors like you're just alert you're in a better frame of mind going about with your business for the rest of the day your circulatory and your nervous system are shocked into place so you can actually concentrate more and you're more effective but like that now you know it's that sense of being in the now you're not concentrating on anything else and for that 40 minutes to an hour, that's your time and, you know, it allows you then to do the rest of the day at a better level or a higher level.
1: I think there's probably a large demographic of our listeners be people who, who train in a gym or who active or, you know, who, who are into sports or into some physical activity, but there's there's going to be a large portion of people who are, they're not quite sedentary, but they're using this podcast as a tool to you know, get ideas on training, get ideas on nutrition and to be inspired and be motivated into training. For those people that are listening now who we often see when people come to us and start training coming from a, a very sedentary level, the mental health aspect of it is huge. They're in a fairly poor state of mental health because it's been, like we talked about earlier, a slow burner over a long period mm-hmm. of time. They've slipped into a rut. For those people, I know the advice I'd give them. What advice would you give them to, to kind of break that cycle, to look to get into exercise, to remove the barriers around... Their mental health what advice would you give them?
0: Yeah like exercise it's just fundamental to us as human beings so I do a lot of talking on the core four okay what we're supposed to just fundamentally be doing as human beings not athletes not you know sports competitors human beings what we are designed to do we should sleep every night for 8 hours um, when we are awake we need to drink 2 litres of water per day when we are awake we need to have a healthy balanced nutritional diet By definition, nutrition um, contributes to health and growth. So most of your diet should consist of nutritional food. And the final thing is you need to exercise every single day. Three days a week, you need to exercise with high intensity for 40 minutes to an hour. And the other four days, you need to move every day for an hour, whether that's a walk or a cycle or a swim. That's what the WHO would recommend for healthy lifestyles. And if you're not doing that, if you're not covering the core four, you're not going to be as happy as you can be. You're not going to be as healthy as you can be. You're not going to be as strong as you could be. If you're not covering the core for human beings, it does not matter age, demographic. It does not matter whether you compete. It's not about sport. Sport and physical activity are very different things. You need to be active every day for an hour. That's just...
1: And the beauty of what you're hitting there is you're talking about the three and ten sessions a week. That's a different level. This ties into something we've talked about in loads of podcasts before. And we're doing a little bit in some of the corporate talks that we do. Talking about comparing yourself to other people. So people are listening to this like... Uh, a 40 minute intense session for somebody who doesn't do a whole lot of training versus, say, Rudds, who does a lot of training mm. on their RPE scale, how tough it is. It could be a five for Rudds, but for somebody else, it could be a nine. So it's all relative to you. Find levels of training that are intense enough for you yeah, and, and stop
0: getting a sweat on, being red faced, being out of breath. Like, it's not, you can't compare, like, me and Rudd like, apples and oranges. You can't compare anybody, and we shouldn't. He's a, bit a big... pe- he's a bit of a pair. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing about. Uh, society at well at large and this is off the point regarding fitness and physical activity. comparison is that it's the thief of joy like I can't compare me to anybody else in this world because I'm absolutely unique and if I do so I'll be unhappy because I know what I am like warts and all and I'm comparing my life to whatever everybody else is showing to the world. So that's gonna be destructive. But in terms of fitness, absolutely, you cannot compare your levels of training or intensity to anybody else, because we're all individual. You just need to get your heart rate up to a high level three times a week, just do that. And then every other day, you just move.
2: I, I think that that is probably one of the biggest barriers when it comes to exercise, I think, is people comparing themselves to others. I'd say anyone who I find who's not enjoying their training is because they're comparing themselves to some, yeah. someone else. Uh, we see it all the time with people they they do a great session they put in their best effort and then for some reason something comes into their head where they compare themselves either to where they used to be so i used to be way fit and that mm. well done you got a pb you got eight chin-ups you've never done 8 ten chin-ups in the gym before i used to be able to do 12 when i was 18 yeah. and then it, 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 they they instantly finishing on a negative or they're going, and they finish, and then someone gets more than them, and then they were really happy 10 seconds ago, and now they're on a downer. So, like, we see that all the time training people, and even myself, I catch myself doing it sometimes, where I'll compare myself to someone else. And like you said about Thief of Joy, I was happy about something 10 seconds ago, and now I'm not. So, I, I definitely would, the kind of, one of the things I've thought about would be the idea of compete, don't compare so compete in the regards of if it helps you to get a better session going if me and Rory were yeah. on their own machines and Rory would be really good at pushing me and going come on Ruds you need to get more and then that is a really positive thing for me because I'm competing with him and I get more out of it but it's not a win or lose if I don't beat him is not a good thing I think that's probably a positive thing yeah. in the gym whereas when it's the idea of comparing myself I'm good if I beat Rory or I'm bad if I don't. Yeah. And the other thing I see a problem with that is it stops people progressing. So we talk about our mission here is to help people become the strongest version of themselves. And the wording in that is really important because it's the strongest version of themselves. And that's a never-ending journey. So for me, my motivation is never going to stop when I hit whatever number it is. Say 100 kilos on my clean and jerk. No, now it's. I want to get to 105. So now I've got the motivation to come in and train so I don't get stagnant. So I think that's really important as well. Because if you're comparing yourself to people, you could be the big fish in the small pond and it's so easy to become demotivated, become sloppy. Whereas if it's a case of you're training for mastery, you're training to be the best that you can be, you're never going to become demotivated. You're always going to be chasing that next goal.
0: And like I was in speaking with a secondary school here, a girls school last week, and I was talking to them about, you know, this and like, you know, the comparisons, guys, it's so, so negative. So I just told these girls, I was like, you know what, if you're going to compare yourself to anybody else, compare yourself to your past self and to see just to see how far you've come. And if you want to compare yourself to somebody else, compare yourself to the best version of yourself that you could possibly be. And that's going to motivate you. That's going to get you up in the morning to work harder. So compare yourself to who you could be, potentially the best possible version of yourself and compare yourself to where you came from and who you were to just show how far you've come. That's healthy. And you're right, competing with Rory, that's inspiration. And that's good, you know, but focus on you, do you. It's that number one is never done. That's
1: kind of something that I've seen over the last couple of years. It kind of drives me because, like, number one can be anything. It can be, that's it, the best version of yourself or number one, you were the best, you did the best that you could in that session in the gym or you made the best choice around your your nutrition. If you look at the best guys in the world in any sport, golf, basketball, whatever it is, those guys are never done. So when they get to the top of their sport they are only trying to be the best version of themselves. They're trying to become stronger themselves. They're not looking around going, who's going to catch me? They are just trying to get better and better and better all the time. And that's something I always look at whenever I'm trying to do anything, whether it's whether it's work, whether whatever it might be. I always just, number one is never done. So like, you can never stop trying to be better because like what is there to live for then and you're not you're not comparing yourself to anyone else
2: and as well in terms of reducing anxiety so you talked about someone coming into the gym for the first time and they're feeling anxious about starting their training routine very common if with that, you're focusing on if you're focusing on comparing yourself to other people, you can't control anyone else. Yes, so you're instantly making it about something that you can't control. Whereas, if you focus on being the best version of yourself or giving your best effort in that session, no matter what it is, even if you're tired, even if you don't necessarily feel like training or you're stressed, just give my best in this session then you're instantly focusing on something that you can control. So then that takes away a huge amount of the anxiety around performance, around exercise, because you're focusing on something that's important that you can control.
0: I could not agree with that more. Like, our only control is within ourselves. So if we start comparing ourselves to others, it's only going to lead to envy and jealousy, which are terrible emotions. So those are very negative feelings to feel if you are envious or jealous of somebody else and then it will lead to bitterness and then if you try to influence that individual or you know in a negative sense that will tarnish relationships as well and that will only affect your own well-being again so on you do you everything else is irrelevant you No, know, like i care for my friends i care for my family like i i love a lot of people but i focus on myself every single day I, that's where my power is
2: would you find now in terms of the world changing with social media becoming a huge aspect of people's lives that that's something that is affecting people w- with this comparison?
0: Massively, like massively and I, I don't want to be a hypocrite because like I'm on socials every day for, like I, I'm a model and a personal trainer and well-being coach and so I post quite regularly but I also post in my blogs about you know let's keep everything in perspective here guys. Like as I alluded to earlier, I know exactly what Daniel is like, warts and all. And if I'm comparing my warts and all existence to this perfect facade that I see on Instagram, the the mask that other individuals are showing the world, because they're in control of what they're showing, I'm going to feel bad about myself because, like, you know, I'm comparing their perfect facade that they're showing the world to my reality. So that's going to be negative. And it happens in society as well. Like, people, if you're at a party, if we're down here in legs, I walk past it, it reminds me of, you know, my what, what's, what's legs? Uh, I don't know. Some, some, I, I think it's a, I think it's not a, I don't know, it's a fitness place. Yeah, know, but yeah, I think yeah. it's a purely lower body. What yeah. <laughs> uh, they, uh, um, But, yeah, so like even when they're in social environments in the real world, people are just putting on a front, like their face, you know, whatever they're comfortable showing the world. And you're like, oh, that guy's doing this. That girl, you know, she's looking that way. It's like, I'm feeling bad about myself. It's so toxic and so bad. But the only thing we can do about that is control how we react and respond to things. We're in control of that. So... It's easier to say than to do, and I've had conversations with people at all different levels of society and different like people that I work with in different areas and in different, you know, professions, and they're like, How could I not compare myself? Of course we're going to compare. I was like, no, just just stop, you know?
2: Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily the tool of social media that's the problem. It's how we're using it, like you're saying. Because like for myself, Sometimes I've got caught in that trap Where I'm looking around At what other trainers are doing And I'm comparing what I'm doing And then I can feel demotivated And I'm catching myself And I'm like What are you doing? You're looking at the highlight reel Of someone's life Yes You're not looking at their real life
0: And social media as well Like one other thing I want to just say on social media is like as long as you are in control of social media and it's not in control of you, it can be a very positive and useful tool. It is for me. All my business comes from social media. So, like, as long as you're in control of it and you're using it when you want to, but not feeling so you have to, because it's you, you, it just, that's when it comes negative. Also, if you're a different person on social media than you are in the real world, it's also a problem. Because yeah. that leads to, you know, split personalities. Like, I was a teacher for six years and I, I would have listened to and given talks to teenagers on this. So, like, you need to be the same person whether it's real life or social media and you also need to know that you can step away from Instagram and your life won't change you know it's you you use it for your betterment not against yourself
2: I think as well the awareness of it like why am I on this and then if you catch yourself comparing or feeling negative from doing that just taking a step and being more aware for the example one of the guys I'd always look up on Instagram is a rock so yeah. he's hugely he's, he's hugely inspirational to me and I Is love Is that Dermot O'Sullivan the cork hurler? <laughs> <laughs> right here you're, you're definitely speaking to the wrong man <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that rock. Uh, Listen, yeah, no. but D-Rock I'd look at his Instagram and I'd be inspired the whole time and it would be something that would be, be uplifting Watch how me.
1: much he's lighting up talking yeah. about the rock <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No I learn. Learn.
2: <laughs> He's one of my like, You're
0: preaching <laughs> to converted mate I feel, yeah. the, I feel the same way
2: Yeah one of my role models so when you're looking at that you're like this is positive for me whereas sometimes when you're looking at it and you're feeling negative it's not the, t- the platform's problem it's the way you're looking at it and awareness I find is a huge thing when it comes to all aspects of mental health Agreed. just being aware of something changes the game so if I'm aware oh, I'm doing this I'm looking at this and I'm comparing myself I can go I don't need to do that and I can step away same with I'm feeling anxious if I'm aware of that I can start to down, t- down, settle down, and just breathe and focus on what I'm doing. Whereas a lot of people I find are not aware, or they're not in tune with how they're feeling, yeah. and that's a huge issue. Then, because without awareness, we can't create change.
0: Absolutely, and you, you know, t- to know thyself is powerful. And if you are feeling um, those negative emotions. If you're not acknowledging them, that's gonna be a massive problem. You know, like what you just said there was in terms of like, if you're feeling anxious, you know you are and you can go about doing, like rectifying it. But if you're not aware or self-aware or, you know, or even just, as in not even recognizing it or acknowledging it, well then it's gonna be a massive problem because all you're doing is suppressing your emotions and and burying it and eventually that's gonna pop.
2: And the beauty of awareness is non-judgmental as well. So those things are just feelings yeah but you, how you act on them will what determine what happens from it so the idea of just being aware of how you're feeling instantly takes the power away from a lot of those emotions because you're aware of it it doesn't ha- it doesn't have to lead you down that road it's just oh i'm feeling a little bit stressed or i'm feeling a little bit anxious i'm feeling a little bit um
0: whatever it might be bang on and like feelings are supposed to be felt like the, that, that that's what separates us from that cup of coffee you know what i mean we like we have these feelings like and some are positive some are negative but it's just about realizing that there's nothing abnormal about having a bout of ill mental health or suffering anxiety or feeling depressed or any of these things it's nothing abnormal it might be abnormal for you because you might not have experienced it before but on a macro sense like for society that's not abnormal it's actually so so normal yeah so it's just like let's keep this like it's about cultivating this conversation so that individuals who mightn't have had, um, you know, an education in this, will start to realize that it's absolutely normal. It's about creating a dialogue and allowing people to talk about well-being and not just physical health. Like talking about mental health, as if, like, the, I don't even know what this different terminology by the way. Because health is health. My head and my mind is Daniel. My body is Daniel. Health is health. And it's about making these conversations as normal as possible. So that young person who mightn't know what they're feeling know that they can and are comfortable because for me like my whole my raison d'etre why i'm here is to be the person i needed when i was younger and if that means me talking about mental health all day every day for the rest of my life i will because that allows somebody else to do so and it makes it normal. And the next generation, like, please God, someday I'll be blessed with children. I don't want them to have any stigma around mental health. So the only way you can stop that from happening is proactively changing. And if individuals don't step up, a society won't. So it's about that, you know? Conversation, dialogue, normalizing this discussion because it is normal. Because the hypocrisy of not talking is the problem. I think that's an incredible way to
1: probably wrap up the episode, to be honest, Daniel. But before we do, we'll give you a chance to put your money your body and your legs, more importantly, where your mouth is, in terms of you're talking about being an advocate for mental health, and it's a huge part of what you do. I think Pieta House is who you raised the money for yes. for the marathon last year. Uh, you're on the marathon this weekend, actually?
0: I'm not. No, I'm just taking a break this year, but um, you know, I. Perhaps next year Who knows but. Well I'm, go- I'm going to put Huge pressure on you here And call you out On air Because are you busy
1: On the 7th of November I am not Yeah. Okay very good Well that means You're doing this then uh, <laughs> the, the run of the dark Is happening on the 7th of November nice. uh, On the last podcast Rudds ran a marathon A couple of weeks ago Because he's not available To do a double marathon This weekend He good went man. and ran it on his own And uh, it was a Complete shit show, Rudds But you got <laughs> it te- In terms of technical difficulties yeah, But he good. got it done. Ah, uh, and a lot Fire of player. a lot of people Really enjoyed that episode But what we're going to do is um, If you're up for it okay. uh, if you're up for running the 10K with me, uh, okay. what we'll do is have a little have a little side bet. Nice. And what we'll do is, uh, whichever one of us comes second, not loses, whichever <laughs> one of us comes second <laughs> out of the two of us, will uh, donate €50 Euro to Pieta House. So what good. we'll also do is We're going to set up A couple of Instagram polls On all of our social channels nice. And people can pick Me or you <laughs> And if they vote For one of us They're pledging a fiver To Pieta House So if we pick up 50 votes each Or share it with our friends Whichever one of us Loses in the end uh, Our our fans Pay the, the donation To Pieta House Are you up for that? I am in It's a deal sir Fantastic Let's chalk it down I'm going
0: straight to legs Here at the train On the way home
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic Daniel Thank you so much For uh, joining us today uh, Incredible um, A very thing. Thing that you're doing and exactly talking about normalizing the discussion around mental health uh i, I think it's incredible and myself and runs are big fans of what you're doing and um, thanks very much for dropping in
0: thanks very much for having me cheers
1: Daniel.